but it was preventing me from feeling. So in some ways I was very disconnected. I mean, I actually met a business coach at that time and she's like, you're all neck up. Like you don't feel anything. And it was because feeling would have been too debilitating. Hmm. Like feeling was hard enough, you know, in this corporate field where no one's taking me seriously. They're like, what can this blonde California girl know about numbers? You know, I would literally, at one point I was working in, in ag and I had to leave the office and I would go out or not, this is not just once I would go out into the orchard and just scream because that's how bad it was. Like anger was one thing, but actually feeling all of the other feelings, it would have been too, it would have been catastrophic, right? Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show, episode number 290 of the Health Detective Podcast, quickly approaching and creeping up on episode 300. Still don't know if we're doing anything crazy for that, but I, I got to figure this out pretty quick. Today, we have a fellow French person. I, I was trying to think of like Italians... Swedish, French, there's nothing cool there, I guess. Um, and we are going to have a fun conversation. So we're double living this today. We did a live earlier and now we're doing a live in the afternoon. And Claudine, I really appreciate this because in my secret world, I'd love to be able to just do like a four or five hour radio show four or five days a week for FDN, but they have not given me such a privilege yet. They're like, you got to Got to get a little um, bigger to be doing that. So, I'm happy to indulge you. Yes. <laughs> so Claudine Francois is a board certified functional medicine practitioner, empowering women to reclaim their health narratives and find lasting solutions. With expertise in uncovering the root causes of chronic issues, she uses sophisticated tests and a holistic approach to craft personalized protocols for energy, clarity, and vitality. All right. Well, that's the shorter buyer, so that's nice and easy. Um, cool. I should have probably done the longer one. I'm sorry. But now we have something to explore, right? Now there's a mystery around who you are. So you said you were nice enough to actually listen to our show, which I appreciate because you knew I always screw up my numbers of episodes. So I'm, I'm really glad I came in um, knowing it for you. With that said, though, you know, we always start the show with the same question. Um, the first thing I'm curious about is what your health journey was like, what your symptoms uh, were in, and when they started, because most people that get into this space dealt with stuff personally. That's very true. And it's funny because I will say that I used to start my health journey, what I now know as to be in the middle. And partly because of listening to you for so long, I now know that that was the middle. You know, I used to, I used to think it was the beginning, but really what started was I had terrible cystic acne, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And, and it, I didn't, I didn't connect because you think, okay, well, acne is just either hormonal or it's just you know, something people deal with. I didn't really connect that to any health issue necessarily. I was always a generally healthy eater. Um, although I did love, love my sugar, my chocolate, right? Um, and so when I started in corporate America, and you've probably talked with people who've been, I call it doing time in corporate because <laughs> it, it, it was essentially, it's almost like they prey on people who have an excellent work ethic because they're like, oh, you, we are going to work you to death. And you are going to love it because, you know, my dad is an ex-Green Beret. My mom grew up on a, she's a Polish, Polish farmer. Like, you know, these people are hard workers. So I was like, Ooh, hard work. And I can get rewarded for it. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I can do that. So it's like, we're going to work you to the bone and we're going to pay you for it. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Not realizing what that was doing to me internally. Right. So those first symptoms were that chronic cystic acne. There's a big, like if anyone hasn't experienced it before, so it's a big, like, hard bulbs that come up under you. For me, it was around my chin. And it just it makes you feel lose confidence, right? You would get really embarrassed about it because we tend to associate acne with being a teenager. Sure. And, you know, especially being a woman and I'm supposed to be a professional and I show up with like, I'm having to put on gobs of makeup to try to cover it up, changing my hair so people can't see it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
but it had stemmed from a lot of the stress, right? Not being able to get enough rest, uh, constantly fueling with caffeine and sugar, things that my body doesn't like because I found out later I have methylation issues. So, uh, you know, and so it just it evolved or I should say devolved from there and eventually got to the point where I was getting chronic migraines. Okay. And it got so bad that, you know, I had little kids, by the time this was, you know, I started in my twenties with this acne and just things started getting worse and worse and I had no energy and I was fit. I was, you know, I exercised a lot. I, like I said, I ate a lot of vegetables and I thought I was doing everything right. But this, the amount of stress I was under constantly, especially when it got to the higher positions, you know, you're responsible for other people. I was in accounting, which mm -hmm. is a very deadline focused yep. industry. Right. And I'm one of a few women in the field. You know, I'm in a company that prides itself on like being very bro, you know, like, grr. it was kind of like a grown up. Um, what's the word? Like a grown up frat house. <laughs> if, if the, I don't even know if those two words can go together, but <laughs> um, it was very much like you, the, the co company color was green. And so you would bleed green for the company. You would even move around. Like I lived in England. I lived in Southern California. I lived in other parts of the country because you, and you don't make any friends outside of the company because you can't. So you're just constantly working, working, working. And this drove me to the point where I couldn't eat anything. Like think every food bothered my stomach, right? So I'd have apples and I would just be in so much pain. Like apples, mm -hmm. apples seemed innocuous enough. I'd have these migraines. My kids were little and I wouldn't see them. I'd be gone before they woke up at seven. Well, I had to be at work at seven, so I'd be gone before that. And then I'd be home after seven. So I would maybe see them right before bed. And so the only time I had with them was on the weekends, but every Saturday, like clockwork, I would have a migraine. And it wasn't, I wouldn't say just, it wasn't the, the, the head of the head part of the migraine wasn't the only thing I couldn't keep anything down, not even water. And so my poor kids who haven't seen me all week, they want to crawl all over me. And you know how it is, if you've ever had a migraine, you literally can't, like, no one can touch you. It's like, don't talk to me. <laughs> uh, and it was so debilitating. And I would go to the doctor, like most people do, sure. right? I'm, I'm going to the doctor. What is wrong with me? Why do I have these chronic migraines? What can we do? And they'd say, well, take this migraine medication. So I go home. I try to take the migraine medication. I can't keep it down. So I go back to the doctor. I can't keep it down. Oh, we'll take this anti-nausea medication. Okay. So I go back. I try to take the anti-nausea medication, but guess what? Can't keep it down. So I go back and they're like, oh, well, just put it in the other end. And I'm like, all right, can we figure out why I'm getting the chronic migraines rather than you continually just giving me things to cover up the problem, right? Band-aiding the problem, mm -hmm. but they don't know, right? And I accidentally, I say this, I accidentally became gluten-free for a while because my husband, his family has all kinds of health problems and he decided he wanted to go paleo. And so I, I grew up as a baker. I told you my mom's Polish, right? Yeah. <laughs> we like, our, our love language is food. So it's like every holiday, flour, butter, sugar, like it's everywhere. And we're spending days, if not a week ahead of time, like preparing. So to marry a baker and go gluten-free, I was like, honey, that's grounds for divorce. Like, I don't know, what are you thinking? <laughs> but he wasn't gonna eat it, so I stopped making it. And so for two months, I didn't have migraines. And I did not, I'm not so bright. I did not recognize this. I was just really annoyed that I couldn't eat gluten. I just thought, great, I'm not having migraines, sweet. But so he, I was complaining so much. He says, just go back to the gluten. So I did, and of course, like clockwork, I get the migraines again. And I'm like, honey, you ruined gluten for me. And this was before anyone was going gluten-free, right? Like there were no, there wasn't a lot of gluten-free stuff around. Mm -hmm. And what was around was like the cardboard junk. You know, when, so sorry, when was this just to be clear? This Date would wise. have been 2013. Okay. Yep. Got it. Yeah. So, so this kind of started the health journey and I, I gave, I gave up the gluten. So I wasn't getting the migraines, but I was still really sluggish. I was still having the food sensitivities. I'm like, what is going on? So eventually I found someone who does a more, I would call it more natural type medicine. She was technically an NTP, a natural therapy practitioner, and she ran an HTMA. So the hair tissue mineral analysis, she ran a GI map like one of the best tests in the whole world for people who don't know, it's a stool sample and it sounds gross, but it's amazing <laughs> because it gives you so much data. 
And she ran an MRT, a food sensitivity panel. And we, she found out that, you know, I had blood sugar dysregulation issues. I had leaky gut. I had a ridiculous calcium shell because of all that stress, all that trauma of being in the corporate world of go, go, go all the time. Um, and we worked through that. And I'd love to say that was the end. Like, yay, Claudine got better. And she was so smart and she took all that great learning and she, she was able to fix herself. But, and I, after six months of working with her, I did feel a lot better. But the thing that I now work with my clients on, the thing that I did not address was how did I get here in the first place? What were the underlying factors in my life that made me become a workaholic, mm -hmm. that made me feel like my only value was in how much I could produce, sure. right? And so that's when I started getting into health coaching and trying to figure out, okay, well, what is it that causes us to make these decisions for ourselves or, or not? make decisions for ourselves, right? A lot of us tend to put other people first. Um, and I, that was good, but I always knew something was missing. And that's how I came back to functional medicine. Uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. No, no, you're good, you're I'm loving it, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's just because I realized, you know, with health coaching, you can get people like, I, in my experience anyway, like 80% of the way or 80% of the people can get better because you're giving them support, you're giving them accountability, you're working on their diet, and did you drink enough water? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you reducing stress, right? That helps people, mm -hmm. especially if they're used to not giving themselves that. Correct. Th that, they're not giving, they're used to giving themselves that. Um, but there were this, this subset of people, I was like, something else is going on. Like, I really wish I could see under the hood and figure out what's going on in their bodies like chemically what what's happening why why are they not responding to diet rest exercise stress reduction right mm -hmm. and it's funny because i met another person just kind of randomly we were on a panel together and she was an ftn and so i'm like i am fascinated with her i'm picking her brain i'm like tell me more <laughs> and when she tells me it was just like this light you know this light bulb moment because you know someone who spends 25 years in accounting we love data. Mm -hmm. Like we love numbers. We love strategic thinking. And in health coaching, it was kind of like fitting a, what, what's the expression? Square peg, round hole, or is it round? I Sounds, it's, yeah, it's, yes. I, I think you could say, <laughs> you know, either one, as long as it, it's supposed to be wrong, right? Because the square right, peg is supposed word. to not fit. Yes. Makes sense to me. <laughs> um, and when, once I learned the functional medicine stuff, first of all, I was completely geeking out on it, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was just putting all these puzzle pieces together, which, you know, like in a normal, in traditional medicine, like everyone, every doctor has their piece of the puzzle. They're like, this is my piece. Nobody else gets this piece. I don't want to look at any of those other pieces. This is mine. You know, it's like they only deal with the heart or they only deal with, you know, the endocrine system. Like they only deal with one thing. But for us as FDNs, what's so cool is that we get all these pieces and we get to see the whole picture. And when you see the whole picture, there's so much more that you can help a person with because you're not just isolating this one symptom that could be coming from Lord knows where upstream, mm -hmm. right? So it just, it, it excites me so much to no end. People are like, will you please stop talking about poop? And <laughs> stop talking about, you know, reviewing lab reports because, <laughs> yeah, I just, I can't get enough of it. Well, yeah. And once you get into it, it's, it's so freaking cool, right? It becomes a passion. It becomes your life uh, for many people. I want to go back to a few things just that I was hearing. So one, the cystic acne thing, right? I don't know if you ever even heard me mention this on the show. That was one of my main symptoms. And you're absolutely right. It's debilitating. I mean, it sucks already as a teenager. I had it as a teen, but getting into any level of the adult world and starting to work, um, you know, corporate jobs or normal jobs, we can call it. It's, it's humiliating, right? You just, you lower your value as a person, unfortunately, or you perceive yourself as being um, less than it's embarrassing. If you're working with clients, it's just, it's not a, a good thing. And I do believe it's a huge warning sign. I don't think people understand how much has to be going wrong in the body for it to get to that place. And the reason I say that so confidently is because I don't live a sin-free life now where I don't ever, you know, cheat, quote unquote, I don't even like that word, but it's not that I don't have any flexibility in what I do. Like I would have to try to give myself the cystic acne again, which just goes to show Right. There's major healing that occurred but um, in between having it and not having it. So I uh, definitely feel that. There was 
a part in the middle of your story where you talked about being at the the doctors originally, and you claim that you wanted them to focus ideally more on like what is actually happening with you, not just put a bandaid. So did you mean that literally? Were you actually thinking already at the time that it really did not make sense that they were just trying to add things, but um, you weren't necessarily doing anything more holistic, right? But you did have this mindset that, Hey, this is not fixing the root of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. I was, I mean, I don't know. Is that, is it just maybe cause my, my mind is overly logical, mm-hmm. right? So I'm looking at things. It's kind of like, I see symptoms as, um, whack-a-mole you know the game whack-a-mole where you have to like hit all the little moles and so like yeah you can have a mole pop up and you slap it down and then another one pops up and you're like you should be playing whack-a-mole all the time Mm -hmm. that's what traditional medicine does is just band-aiding covering up giving you a prescription whatever it's like where are the moles coming from people can we not find the source of the molage yeah (laughs) well said i just i'm always curious about how people were thinking when they were going through this stuff i'm fascinated by that i think it's the coolest thing because you know i know you joked and you're like well i'm not the smartest person but listen you can only you can only lack so much intelligence and do the things that you were doing right if you're working at a high level accounting job at a company like that they're not hiring idiots right they're hiring people that can keep up and and do the work so you have to have a reasonable level of intelligence to do that and i think that's even more of a testament to show how complicated these things are when we're experiencing them because if you're just in the go if you're leaving at seven and getting back at seven and then the weekends suck because you're dealing with uh, other symptoms then it's very hard to actually sit with ourselves analyze ourselves and see what's going on to the point where even an otherwise reasonably aware and intelligent person might miss the fact that you went paleo and then the the migraines went away, right? You'd think that's like a huge aha moment, um, but it's not necessarily the case. And I think what you said and what you experienced is more relatable to most of the people that would ever listen to this than not. I think it's an anomaly. The people that notice these little things, we're not aware of our bodies, nor are we aware of how what we put into our bodies um, leads to how we feel. We just disconnect from that as modern day human beings. I don't think that was ever the case, you know, in the Native American times, or I suppose uh, Native Americans still exist, right? But you know what I mean, when it was more freely uh, throughout America and other places, I just, I feel like they had such a natural awareness of uh, their bodies and bodily symptoms. And we've completely become domesticated, right? We're almost like an animal. We are completely domesticated and we just stay in our little TV boxes. We go to our little jobs and we don't even realize that the food that we ate two hours ago now makes me feel like hell later. How, how can that be? You know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. We're so disconnected. And I will say the calcium shell didn't help because mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't know, it's from the hair tissue mineral analysis and what a calcium shell does, it's protecting, it's a protective mechanism. When you have too much stress, when you have too much trauma, your body creates, it's basically pulling calcium out of your bones where we need it. We kind of need calcium in our bones, make them strong. And it's depositing them in your soft tissue. So for some, you know, it lends in your hair. For some people it can land in their joints and make them, you know, it's a sharp mineral. So it can give you a lot of pain in your joints or uh, gallstones, kidney stones. But it's also preventing your, it's preventing you from feeling too much is what it's doing. But unfortunately, it's also preventing your cells from getting those nutrients, preventing them from getting like thyroid. So metabolism slows down. But it was preventing me from feeling. So in some ways, I was very disconnected. I mean, I actually met a business coach at that time and she's like, you're all neck up. Like you don't feel anything. And it was because feeling would have been too debilitating. Like feeling was hard enough, you know, in this corporate field where no one's taking me seriously. They're like, what can this blonde California girl know about numbers? You know, I would literally, at one point I was working in in ag and I had to leave the office and I would go out, or not, this is not just once, I would go out into the orchard and just scream because that's how bad it was. Like anger was one thing, but actually feeling all of the other feelings, it would have been too, it would have been catastrophic, right? So I had to develop that that mechanism. I, I really appreciate your transparency with that, not just generally speaking, but I think for I love, I love my nerdy little personality theories and stuff like that. And there's actually, a, you know, a subset of women who are much more um, like you, right? It, it, they do predominantly think logically. And, and this is, people misinterpret this stuff, right? These are just preferences based on male versus female. It's not good or bad. It's great to be emotionally in tuned as we're discussing right now, right? I'm just saying that statistically speaking, you do see males fall into more um, logical patterns of thinking and personality theory and women are usually the opposite. However, um, there are these subsets and I actually feel really bad for these individuals. My fiance's one of them. Um, and unfortunately they, 
you know, society expects women to act a certain way, un- unfairly so. And so if you, like you said, you didn't feel um, that you were being validated at the company or they didn't think that you could do it, which is ridiculous. But you're also having these very real experiences that many men would describe if they ever become open to this, hopefully, that, hey, I wasn't feeling anything. I was neck up. That's such a great way to put it. I've experienced that myself. So as someone who was like that, was it tough initially to become open to this idea of I need to feel these things? And I, I don't think many people understand um, the calcium shell thing, and I'm not an expert in it, but I've heard this exact same thing that you're describing, um, that the calcium shell is associated with these emotional traumas. So what was that like first trying to feel these feelings again? Wow. <laughs> so it's a loaded question because, I mean, one of the things that you do to break down a calcium shell is that you break down the calcium shell with supplementation, right? Mm-hmm. So using kelp or, uh, or iodine, if you really need to go down that route, um, find, there's like a, a supplement that, that actually is called a stone breaker that helps you break down the calcium shell. So there's some things you can do on the inside, right? But the reason why I say that I ended up back here again, cause this was the first time I went through healing. This was like 2018. I ended up back here again, even worse, because that's what happens when you don't fix your problems, you fix the underlying issues. Um, is I hadn't gotten over this mindset of I need to do all the things all the time and I have to be perfect at it. It ha- I mean, when you're in corporate for so long and people already expect you to screw up and they already expect you to not be as good as you might otherwise be, you have to be perfect, right? For a woman in corporate, especially in a male dominated field, like I wasn't in sales or HR or some of the more quote unquote traditional women roles, I was in accounting. So I had to show up with the big boys and I had to be on my game at all times. So it had been ingrained in me. As a matter of fact, the company motto was, we work hard and we reward hard work. So it was like, I was, it was being reinstilled in me over and over and over again. So when it came time to break down the calcium shell the first time, uh, the, it, all I did really was I did the supplementation route, right? But the thing is, when you break down, more to your point, when you break down a calcium shell, you all of a sudden start feeling a lot of things that you have not felt in a long time. I've heard this. Yep. Now, thankfully, I got out of that job because I realized it was killing me from the inside out, mm-hmm. right? And I started working with people who were what we would call woo-woo, right? <laughs> like they're more, they're more, these people are great because they are really in tune with their emotions. Like they totally get the emotional thing, which was what I needed, right? I, I was the yin, they were the yang or whichever version that, of that that goes. But, um, cause I remember being at this one conference and it was a woman's conference and um, the lady up on stage was basically, she was a, um, a counselor of some sort. So she was actually doing on demand counseling with this other lady. And I was bawling. Like I am, I used to say I have no feelings. There's no crying in accounting. Like I, I never cried and I am losing, I'm losing it at this conference. I turned to my friend. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, it's one thing to hear her story and feel bad for her. And like, yes, I can feel sympathy for her, but why do I feel like I am feeling her feelings? And she's like, oh, you're an empath. And I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are these words? I do not know what this means. It's the first, yeah, because again, I, you spend all your time in corporate. They don't throw around words like empath, okay? They're throwing around words like <laughs> yeah, sure. KI, KIPs and productivity reports. And, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll throw around some Excel things. Like we're going to do a, I don't know, some kind of formula. Um, but yeah, so I had to figure out a way to actually like not, let all the feelings <laughs> be felt at all times. Uh, she actually, she actually gave me this this visualization to do. She's like, all right, when you go into a big environment, we have a lot of people around. Pretend you have this bubble around you, this like clear bubble, so like people can see your light, mm-hmm. and you can you know see their light, but they can't take your light. This is how she described it, right? And I think it's a really good a way of putting it. Basically, like I can be present but I don't need to like feel everything that everyone else in the room is feeling because that can be overwhelming. So yeah, it became a balancing for sure, pulling down the calcium shell and trying not to feel all the things, but still trying to feel some things, right? It is, it is a balancing act. And I, again, both you and I would be 
certainly we'd be people who would prefer uh, the logical side and to live there. And then at the same time, what I've noticed, there, there's not one right or wrong answer to this. The answer actually is balanced because, you know, one side on, on the far extreme, if we're, we were more far extreme logical, the far extreme of the other side is that they literally believe that everything can be controlled so much with the mind and emotions that all disease is optional. Now, I think that's incredibly powerful. I think there's 95% truth to that. And I think some of the truth to that is you watch like what certain Buddhist monks do. And I mean, they'll literally tell uh, the people that they are associated with that they're about to pass away. This is going to happen in a couple of weeks. It's very fascinating stuff. With this said, though, I have not yet seen the person that can go their entire life, never recognizing emotions, never saying I love you to their damn family members and succeed in health. And at the same time, I also have not seen one of these Buddhist monks. I made this uh, joke off air the other day. One of these Buddhist monks has never been able to go sit on top of a cell tower and meditate their way out of the negative effects of that. And so what that tells me is that we are biological beings having an emotional and spiritual experience or at least an emotional and spiritual side to us. So both things can be true at once. Some people are going to need a little more work on one side. Others are going to need a little bit more work on the other. And that is totally okay. I think we we all need to be open uh, to this opposite side because I'm sure you've seen people or talked to people if you're this passionate about the labs. You talk to them about that, that. That just doesn't register in their brain. What is obvious to you and I makes total sense. Best thing we ever found is a foreign language and concept to them. And they think it's nuts that you would even test someone. And they're like, well, what, what about this? Have you thought about that? And so it's this merging of both together. And I, I really have... um a high level of respect uh, for someone like you who's able to do that because I know how hard, I won't even say was for me, how hard it is for me uh, to actively try to incorporate that in my life. So that's not easy. And you make your whole identity as the logical person and the, the blunt person and the unemotional person. And you have to rewrite who you are in a sense um, to now be a person who's actually open to emotions. What a concept. So you met this person on a panel you end up finding out about FDN when you went through the FDN program. Well, first of all, how long did it take you roughly? And when did you graduate? Just so the audience knows. Okay. So you may have gathered I'm a bit of an overachiever. Yeah. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> so I finished the, the non-testing portion in the four months. Okay. And I was like, I was, I told myself, I'm going to finish this whole thing in five months, but because they make you wait between the tests, it took me six months total. And I was so annoyed. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to because I loved it. I was seeping it up. But I will tell you, during the time that I was in, in this very room, that whole time, there was mold in here. Mm. And I didn't know it. Which I, you know, I, I don't know if you've shared this publicly yet, but I do know that you recently also went through a mold thing. I did, yes, yeah, it's all good. And I was like, I hear you because I am still recovering Jeez. from all this, yeah. But um, which is funny because I live in California and we're like, what's mold? Yeah. Good point. <laughs> um, but sorry, that wasn't what you answered. But the question answer to your question is six months. Okay, very cool. And then, so, did you graduate this year? I did, yeah, in May. Okay. Perfect. So when you were going through the course, my point in asking that is one, I mean, people now know that you can do it in six months if you want to overachieve. Um, but at the same want? time, I wanted to ask because you had already done uh, quite a bit of healing journey at this point uh, of your healing journey at this point, you've actually done some testing and stuff. So I'm curious, did anything, you know, particularly useful show up on the labs? Because I think FDN is really good at finding things even before there's major symptoms or major problems going on. So even if you felt uh, overall a lot better, what did you end up finding on the labs that we include in the cost of tuition? Well, this is where I came. This is how when I was saying I wasn't so bright and I didn't figure out what I'd done wrong the first time. This was my second healing journey. <laughs> was when I went through the FDM program because they run this, all those great foundational tests, right? Mm -hmm. Which give you so much data. And they are so amazing because you can really see what symptoms in the body need more support. And so I found out I had leaky gut again. Hmm. And because I hadn't resolved my patterns, right? It was worse this time because the first time I didn't have a ton of what we call dysbiosis. Like I had some too many bad bacteria and I had a couple good bacteria that weren't really good. But I didn't have really anything else. But this time, in addition to the leaky gut, I had H. pylori and candida. And also, I, the, I love the stress and hormone panel. So if people don't know, not only does it, I mean, obviously you can tell, it tells you your hormones, but it also gives you this great graph as to how much your stress has been screwing up your body, <laughs> right? And I absolutely love this graph because... I, I wasn't, I think I was coming back up. I think I had been in an exhaustive phase and I came back up to compensatory because by the time I took the test, I was in compensatory. Sure. Um, but when I use that with clients, 
It is like, you can tell people all day long, they have too much stress in their lives. They need to really stress until they see it on that graph. It, I don't think it really hits home. And I recently had a client who's only 29 years old. She is in deep exhaustive phase. And I have been working with her for a while and I've been, you know, trying to get her to release stress, to find ways to have less stress in her body and to find ways to release it. And when I showed her this, this dysregulation, I mean, she starts way low in the morning. She barely comes up to where we want her to be at noon. And then she just tanks again. And I'm like, girl, your body is tapped out. Like this is the last call. Like you need to take care of this now before it is too late. And that was her wake up call. She was like, I know you've been telling me this, but now I can see exactly what you mean. Right. There is a, a certain validation that comes with it. I, I wasn't as deep as it sounds like she was, but at 21, when I ran the test, I was in the exhaustive phase. And it's not an excuse to, uh, you know, stop, take caring, uh, stop taking care of your life responsibilities and stuff, but it also does, it's nice to see it on paper. And if, if people haven't dealt with this, they would never get this, right? Like, why is that nice to see on paper? Well, because otherwise you're you're pushing along and thinking maybe I should be able to do more. You start blaming yourself with stuff and kind of worse yet, it was a double whammy for me. I got very much into like the entrepreneurial space, personal development space at 18. And so those things that you read in those books are oftentimes are very useful, but a lot of it is all about, you know, push harder, make up for what you lack in talent or skill or what you lacked growing up in hard work. And so my whole thing was the mindset got so strong that I just kept pushing, 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 pushing. Now I'm starting to push as a kid, a young man at the time who had been sick for 13 years prior. It's like, I've been dealing with symptoms for 13 years and now I'm adopting that. And I'm like, why is this not going the way that I read in the books? I'm supposed to be a millionaire by 20. This is not happening. <laughs> and I actually feel a lot worse. And it's a, a crazy part of the story that I never share, but I found FDN in Southern California. I actually went out to San Diego uh, with my best friend and we just started going to health meetups, trying to figure out my problems. Now to survive there though, because Southern California was expensive then, I can't even imagine now. What we had to do was just like delivery jobs and stuff like that. We had no plan going. And so I was doing the night shift. This was the ironic, most ironic thing. I'm like trying to solve my health problems for over a decade while doing the night shift. And I went out for my shift because we would do seven days a week. He do eight hours in the day. I did eight hours at night. And I went out for the night shift thing and I we're delivering, like I said, and I'm going up my first staircase of the night because you're constantly running up and down these damn apartments and college things. And you know, like if you get up too fast, you start seeing stars or whatever. Okay, it's not that. It's going up the stairs, except my vision is legitimately blurred. I don't feel fully there at all. Like I'm kind of like dizzy and it's all skewed. And my heart rate, resting heart rate was like over a hundred beats per minute at the time. And I finally said, all right, you know what? I found what I was looking for because we had started FDN or I started FDN like a couple of weeks before, but now I wanted to milk California, right? I wanted to stay longer. I said, I think it's time to go home, <laughs> you know? And when I got home and the test results came back in and I saw that exhaustive phase thing, it was validating because maybe not everyone's like this, but I think people like you and I are, and, and thank you for allowing me to go off on this spiel here. I promise I'm wrapping it up. I looked at myself as, damn, why can't I just work harder? Why can't I put, it's a delivery job, man. This should be simple. Dude, your body, I couldn't handle it. And not to mention, I wasn't resting because I'm doing night shift, right? So I, I do think it's very validating for people um, to see those things. And I'm glad that you found it useful when you ran it on yourself. It lets you know, okay, I am trying. I just, I got to adjust some stuff, right? Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really important to underscore something you said, which is, mm -hmm. why can't I just work harder? Mm -hmm. And so many of the women I work with are go-getters. They're used to working their way out of all the problems. Right. They are used to pushing themselves to the max. But the challenge with that is that they have pushed themselves too far for too long and their body is just tapped out. And it, I think everyone has to come to a place where they realize this is outside of my control. I need someone to help me. Someone, hopefully, that knows what they're talking about. Right. Because I see a lot of people, and maybe you have too, who have gone to all the doctors and have been given terrible advice or have been just told there's nothing wrong with them. The gaslighting drives me nuts, right? The amount of women who have been told it's all in their heads or you're just getting older or you're, you know, you're imagining it or, or they'll be sent to some useful, useless surgery they don't need. I mean, how many people have a vital void have had some kind of part body part taking taken out? I like to say there are no extra body parts, right? Like they're all there for a reason. 
Um, it's kind of like a car and my husband, he's a car guy. So he tells me this analogy doesn't work anymore. I'm like, people still understand it. You wouldn't just take a carburetor out of a car and expect the car to run. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, you don't have a gallbladder. How are you going to digest fat? It's wild. <laughs> yeah. I, if I had a nickel for every person I met who does not have a gallbladder, I don't, it's like an epidemic, these, this gallbladder thing. It's, it's wild that we can normalize this to people because my aunt got hers removed when I was a kid. And like, I just remember, oh yeah, aunt, well, well aunt so-and-so uh, got a surgery. And it's like, they took out her gallbladder, dude. <laughs> like, this is crazy that we do this. Um, and obviously both of us recognize that there are, you know, someone's health could be pushed to a point that there are medically necessary surgeries because otherwise you could freaking die. Totally right. get that. But the, the idea that, I mean, she was never given anything to supplement with like the ox bile and stuff that we learn about. Um, in FDN, I mean, something so simple, so cheap, what is that, a dollar a day tops um, to supplement with that and help try to make up for the organ that you just took out? It's like, oh, yeah, no, no, that'll be fine. But you, you'll be OK. Like that was not really doing much anyway. And it's like, hmm, OK, that, that's an interesting theory. <laughs> yeah, It was just extra that that gallbladder. We didn't need that one. That was leftover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So. You go through FDN, you're learning all this cool stuff, obviously super passionate about it. How are you um, shifting now? Because you said that you had stepped away, thankfully, from this crazy toxic job. Are you doing the FDN stuff full time? Because I know that you had this health coaching background or how's this going? It's going great. Yes, I am doing the FDN full time and it has revolutionized my health coaching business because I was struggling before. I was, you know, in health coaching, you really have to find a niche. You really have to find a, they call it a hook you know, something to really pull people in like, oh, are you going to talk about weight loss? Are you talk about energy? Are you going to talk about women going through menopause? Like you have to have a specific niche, right? Um, and people have to be, they have, you know, it's, it's really hard to get people because there's so many, there's so many health coaches out there. There's so many programs out there. Um, and as I said before, I was missing what I now know is the key component. I was missing having the data to know what's going on in someone's bodies. And not only was the training at FDN amazing, like I, every day I would come, every day I would go into my office, I would study, I would come out and I would tell my husband like all these things. I'm like, did you know? And I have like lists of things that I was like, did you know this? Did you know that? And he's like, I didn't. <laughs> like every day. He's like, thank you for telling me again. <laughs> he's like, that's great to know. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear about the history of Zonulin. But, <laughs> um, so, you know, having that info, not only having that information and just be able to explain to people how things are working in their bodies to understand that it's not just one thing that got you here, right? There's this whole, we call it metabolic chaos, but this whole, you know, all the, all the moles that came through the whack-a-mole that you kept trying to hit down, they were all trying to tell you something and now they are working together and they're just like barreling through. <laughs> so not only that, but having the actual data for people. I mean, one thing I do right now is I do these free lab reviews because we have the lab, uh, the blood chemistry advanced training, right? Mm -hmm. So I do the free lab reviews and I take people who've already been to the doctor. They already know there's something wrong. They've already been told by the doctor that they're normal, all their mm -hmm. tests are normal. As a matter of fact, I had a woman send me her tests on Monday and she's like, here are my normal labs. <laughs> and I'm like, great, I can't wait to go through them. But then you, we go through them, we have a functional range, right? Like between the functional range, to, maybe we should explain, the lab range, is the average of all the people who've taken the test, right? Which is dangerous. Which, which is usually sick people, because why else are you taking these tests? And so it's just this average that doctors are using to diagnose. Like you get to the end of the average and oh, okay, now I can diagnose you and I can give you a pill or I can give you a surgery. But the FDN range, the functional range is like, where do we ideally want to be? Where are we going to thrive? Where are we feeling great? And so you have people in the middle here, they're not at the FDN range, but they haven't yet hit that end of the diagnosable range. So this is what I call the window of opportunity, <laughs> right? Like we have this opportunity while you're in this window, getting the symptoms, which are your body's warning signs to cha make changes to reverse the symptoms and help you to feel better, mm -hmm. right? Um, and when people start to see that we are correlating their symptoms with these actual lab tests, tests that I didn't run, right? They got these blood, this blood work from their doctors and I am correlating like, oh, well this, you know, the, I can see, I can see the reason why you're having all these issues. There's like liver and gut and, you know, high blood pressure and prediabetes. Like there's all these things that we can see. We're not diagnosing. Yep. I'm just saying, seeing a pattern. 
And, and then, you know, once you go through that with people, you're, not only am I validating them, which they have often not had. So many of them have been told, you're crazy, nothing's wrong with you, you're getting older, just go take a nap, just go sex, have sex with your husband more. It's like all of these things, right? <laughs> that one's new, I haven't heard that, but I believe it. Right, like, oh, you have low libido? Well, just have more sex. Or, you well, know? it'll be helping one of them. I don't know if it's the woman, but definitely one of them will be helped by yeah, that. right? Answer. It's unbelievable, the things that we hear, right? Um, but they haven't been, I'm finally validating them and I'm showing them the data. It's not like I'm making this up, right? Because again, I'm a really logical linear person. Like the whole, the thing, the, the other thing about health coaching that was hard is I felt like I was constantly selling and I am not a salesperson. I suck at selling, okay? But I can present someone with data that correlates to their symptoms. And then they are like, wow, this makes so much, much sense. Not only are you telling me that I'm not crazy, what I'm experiencing is actually happening. Mm -hmm. And you know how to fix it? Like, where do I sign? It is the easiest thing I've ever done. So you're literally, like, let's say I'm, uh, you know, a potential client, what you're actually doing is saying, hey, bring my blood work, which I inevitably have because I would have went to a doctor before I came to someone like you or myself. And it's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. It's the state of the world. And so you're actually just looking that over with me for free and then saying, hey, here's some things that we could work on. I mean, that's brilliant. Yeah. And I'm like, huh. and this we'll see on the stress and hormone panel. And this we'll see on the GI map. And, you know, I can, I can tell them, like, these are the tests we run. And this is what I, we could find out to really go down this road. Did you find, I'd love to ask you some business questions really quick. Did you find then, since you already had this health coaching practice, was this an easy add-on? Because for myself, I talk to a lot of people that are considering enrolling in the FDN course. And it sucks because I never, I would actually say I have more of a natural sales ability, but at the same time, I don't want to sell people into this course if they don't belong here. Like that's not cool to me. It's a big investment. It's worth it to the right people, but it's not something that you just throw people into because you're trying to make a sale that day. And one of the things that I don't want to oversell, but I get so excited for them is when they call and say, oh, I already have a health coaching business. And I'm like, how many clients do you have? They're like, oh, not that many. Like I only have like 20. I'm like, oh my gosh, if you can figure that out, you're going to kill it with this. So did you find that this was an easy add-on for your practice? Easy in terms of uh, like, how- did it just, Was it an effortless conversation to say, hey, client that's coming for health coaching, look at what I do now? Or was it tough to mix that in together? I don't know that it was tough. For me, it seems like a natural extension. It's, just, it's like an evolution. Okay. Right? It's like I have done all this training and now I can help you in such a deeper, more profound way. Sure. So it's how far do you want to go? Right. So I had, I had some clients that didn't stay, mm -hmm. but I have some clients that are like, oh, yes, I absolutely want this data. I absolutely want this information. And I feel like as I evolve, I will be attracting different people too. So mm -hmm. I am now attracting more of the people who are interested in following. And that's fine, right? It's absolutely fun. Everyone needs to follow their own journey. And I am happier because I am so engaged, as you can probably tell, and so excited about doing this work. I mean, I get a lab report back. Actually, I got one right before we got this call. It like, killed me not to open it. I'm like, I really want to see. <laughs> I got to get on the podcast. Yes, right. <laughs> so Lisa Tires was with us. And hey, Lisa, because I actually uh, enrolled her in the course, which is cool. But she Yay. was saying in the beginning um, that this was very relatable. Like she related to you immediately with the corporate side and all that stuff, it sounds like. So one thing that I know will be true is it's most mostly women, like 80% women who listen to this podcast. We have a ton of type A, very driven end up in corporate jobs like the one that you described, women that are listening to this show. And so, and please correct me if I'm wrong with this stereotype, but with my personality theory loving self and with your comment about the salesmanship side, I could be wrong, but I'm guessing that, yes, you kick ass in corporate, but it might've been tougher to put on that entrepreneurial hat that might've felt less natural. Is that correct or am I incorrect with that? Okay, I was in accounting, people. I was in accounting, <laughs> like- there's, no, there's nothing about accounting that says, let's go start our own business. Let's take some risk. <laughs> okay, like, so yes, that's not maybe your natural <laughs> preference. So no. what is your advice to these people out there who are willing to put in the work? Obviously, you'll work hard. That's like rule number one um, for entrepreneurship. Not work yourself to death. That's not what I said. But yes, guys, you will have to put in more work than the average person. That's how you get something that the average person doesn't have. What a concept. But with that said, how how did... How would you advise them to maybe break out of that fear if they feel like that's not their thing and then they see you and they're like, well, dang, look at what she did, even though that wasn't her natural preference, not only built a health coaching business, which is hard as 
hell, as someone who has a health coaching certification, I never built a business with just that. I needed something like FDN. So you not only did that, but then you added in the FDN thing. Um, how would you advise these people? I'm going to give this advice and I'm gonna, there's a little asterisk with it because I have always sought other people who know better in different things, right? So like, it's kind of like someone who wants to do their accounting but has no accounting background. They hire a bookkeeper. So I hired business coaches, right? I hire people who've done this before. Um, the, my asterisk to that is I've also overspent on business coaches. Like I have spent a lot of money on business coaches that did not promise what they deliver. So you really want to get a personal recommendation from someone who's had a good experience. But the other thing, and the thing that I love about FDN now that I am on the other side of the course is the community. That AFDNP Facebook group, the community of people, not only that I have met in the group and that we chat within the group, but I have connected with people outside of that group. They are so giving. They are so helpful. I mean, I have asked for something and someone will message me offline. They're like, oh, I have this extra like handout or there's this book that I read or, you know, here's some more information on this. Like I had a client who has, um, she gets constant UTIs. Somebody sent me this health, this vaginal health training that she had done, like all her notes on it. It's just like the community is incredible. So having that connection, it's almost like, well, like with anything that you're doing new, having the people to support you and to validate you and to, can, you know, who are also on the journey. It's just, it's, it's just a, a wonderful experience to feel like I am part of this community. I am not crazy, even though I am shouting to, you know, on the top of the mountain, like all these things that we're learning that aren't quote unquote traditional, um, necessarily. Like I, I am being constantly reminded that this is what we, we are doing. This is why we do it. And this is why we love it. I love what you said about hiring out um, and we don't have anything for sale with this. So don't worry it's not, it's not a sales pitch, but the hiring out thing, it, there's a, a gentleman named Gary Vanyerchuk, which some people might know, some people might not very successful, very popular entrepreneur. And I'm not suggesting adopting his stuff because he's crazy with the work side and isn't sleeping. Right. But he says one of my favorite business quotes, and it's if, if you're trying to make it into the NBA, so you're trying to become a basketball player and you have a bad left hand, like you're only good with your right hand, you have to work on your left hand. If you are a business owner and you have a bad left hand, he said you hire or partner with the left hand. So for you, you were recognizing your strengths. You know what, man? I love this data thing. I love presenting this to clients. Uh, that's kind of a really important part of what we do. So it's not like you're just talking about a 5% thing that you're good at. You're good at one of the major things. If you can do that, the rest can either be hired out for or it can be taught. It's not that big of a deal. You want to focus on your zone of genius. Um, my uh, friends here at FDN know this a little too well. I am not necessarily uh, the most detail-oriented person. I'm more of a um, you know, big idea, big picture stuff. But hey, I can get on the podcast and have fun with it. I can follow a schedule if one's given to me. Right. So those are my things. And rather than try to reinvent Ev or make him work on the left hand or work on your left hand, it's like, dude, just partner with people who do that all day. And we have colleagues here. I mean, my gosh, uh, shout out to Brenda Hernandez. She is like the most detail-oriented person you could possibly ask for that's a good partner for me, right? <laughs> In the world of business and stuff. So you can do that guys. It's not, uh, you don't have to do it all. And I think this is promoted a lot of times by society in the corporate world. You do have to be everything and anything. Nope. That's not how business works. The people at the top know what they're good at and they partner or hire everything else that they're not good at. So, um, very inspiring stuff, really cool. And I, I just, again, one more time, give you props uh, for a different thing now, just for hopping out of that mindset, because just like symptoms can appear normal, um, kind of following that corporate path can appear very normal. So it seems like you had a whole spiritual, emotional thinking transformation in multiple ways. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. And I can't take all the credit. It was people in my life who helped me because I wouldn't have known how to start my own business. I had a coach, right? Yep. Like I had no idea. I was like, what are you talking about entrepreneurship? What, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Claudine, who do you like to help nowadays? And what I mean by that is it's not that an FDN can't help any one uh, person. We can help just about everyone. We're not meant to treat anything specifically, but at, in business, as you mentioned, we do have our niches that we like. And I'm sure you would like to see a certain type of person walk through your virtual office, maybe one that's disciplined or, or really dedicated. So what does your ideal client look like if they're listening today? Yeah, it's definitely driven professional women, you know, either in corporate or they have their own business because I get that. Right. And I can I can relate to that. I can give them so many tools, but not only um, because I know their experience, but because I know they're going to 
they're they're ready they're willing they're the kind of person where like you say go they're like got it done you know they're saying done before you've even finished the sentence so. <laughs> so yeah that is the person i work with and she is so used to doing all the things herself that she's really realizing that this i can't do by myself i need help very cool and so where can and is there a, sorry before i say where people can find you um is there any set of conditions that you have more preference towards? Like, I mean, I know that you dealt with the cystic acne and stuff yourself. So do you prefer that? Or is it more just, Hey, I'd rather take this type of person, like you already mentioned. And no matter what you're dealing with, I'll help you with that. Or is there conditions that you prefer to work with? No, there's mostly the personality themselves okay. and, you know, the kind of work that they do that, that high level professional, because you know, they're going to have a certain schedule. I'm, I understand that I can work with that. Yeah. I suppose the type A personalities like us, when it goes this extreme and this logical, that's condition that's a condition in and of itself to a degree. So we'll, we'll help your asses with that. Where can people find you if they are listening today and they're like, okay, this is my person. I'm in this corporate setting right now or you know, trying the entrepreneurship thing and, and they totally relate to you because I know that we have people like that listening. So where can they find you? Yeah, well, my website's a great place because it has all the resources. It's ingoodcleantaste.com. So www.ingoodcleantaste.com. Com, and Tracy just put it up there. So thank you, Tracy. Yep. Um, and that has my freebies. It has the link to the free lab review. It has um, all my social connections as well. Yeah, very good name there. Okay, now I know that you have listened to the podcast. Whether or not you've made it through a full 50 to 60 minutes of my voice is a different question. So you might've heard the signature question on the show before, which is how we'll wrap up today. And the signature question is, if I could give you a magic wand and you could wave it and you can force all of us to start doing one thing for our health, or you can get us all to stop doing one thing for our health. What is the one thing that you get us to do? I would get people to advocate for themselves because you, you, I, I would love to be able to empower people to take their health into their own hands, to be able to stand up to someone who's telling them to do something that does not align with what they know to be true, and also to f empower them to find the solutions that they're looking for, because there is a solution. There's no, I don't want to say there's nothing that can't be fixed, but there are definitely things that you can probably address that will help you feel better. And so you don't need to listen to someone who's telling you, sorry, there's nothing we can do. As you probably know, common theme on the show is just people that have been very brave, honestly, in saying that, hey, I'm not a doctor, maybe I don't think I'm as smart as them. I'm not saying I know as much as them, but what I'm being told and what I'm doing doesn't make sense. You do not need a PhD or an MD to have the common sense to say what I'm being told is not working objectively. Um, what you do need, though, is that confidence and that um, courage to step away from that and say, hey, even though I don't know what the heck the answer is, I'm going to go find it. And um, it's people like you that I think inspire all of us and empower all of uh, us to do that. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, super glad to have you in the world of FDN and excited to see what the heck you keep doing with business because it's already going great. So who knows what a few more years will hold. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure.